Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Caracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. You probably know by now that I always ask my guests, what woman of God has inspired, encouraged, or taught her something? But what about you? I'd love to hear what woman of the Bible has talked has helped you in your walk with the Lord. So email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org and tell me why. I just might read it on a future podcast to encourage others who are listening. So remember, email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org. Jeremiah 29 11 has been an extremely encouraging verse for me most of my life. The NIV says it like this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. When my guest, Debbie Tingler, and I talked recently, she told me how the Lord has reminded her of that truth over and over again in her life and quite a life she's lived. Filled with the joy of the Lord and a love for people, Debbie has entrepreneur businesses with her husband and also served various ministries throughout her career, including Alpha Houston and Arrow Family Services. And she's now the executive director for Adoption is an Option. Debbie has walked through the fire and seen God bring her, with, bring her through without a whiff of smoke. A wife who adores her husband, children, and grandchildren, I know you are going to receive so much from this beautiful woman of God. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks so much, Jody, And it's really fabulous to be with everyone today. Debbie, you committed your life to Christ at a young age. So what brought you to that decision and how did God relate to you even then? Living through some tumultuous things, even at a very early age, my mother demonstrated to me pouring into the word of God, turning to the Lord and leaning into him for help. And it was that model that actually helped me build my faith and understand that trusting the Lord was exactly what I wanted to do. So you mentioned to me that your early years were rough because of some abuse you experienced, but in your preteen and teenage years, you had some memorable encounters with the Lord that brought healing in you. Share how your faith was anchored so deeply in God and what he did and said that brought healing to you. I have felt um, for most of my life that his hand has been on my head. And you can look back um, and see various examples, including at one congregation that we attended as a young child. Our pastor is actually Pastor Pearsall. He wanted us to have demonstrations of faith. He wanted us to see people who had walked out different aspects of their testimony and who could tell their story to build us up and encourage us. One time he had Corey Ten Boom come in. And I want to tell you that when she was standing on that stage, she was a little bitty woman. I had the opportunity to stand up there with her and hold her hand because she didn't like standing alone. And when I did, I will tell you, I never felt anything softer. I can go back there right now. I never felt anything softer in all my life. I stood there and thought, her hands, they feel like whipped cream. Mm. She was amazing. And she talked about forgiveness and faith. And it went deep inside of me, almost as if she transferred it right through her hands to me. 
we also got the opportunity to work alongside the hunters, Charles and Francis Hunter. And I had the blessing of being right by Francis's Hunter side many, many times. I saw miracles, signs, wonders. At the age of 15, Jody, one of the things that was so profound for me was um, I had said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to go do my own thing for a little bit and I'll be back. You know, the, the, the wonderful mind of a 15 year old. <laughs> and as I did, I heard the Lord say, I have a question for you. What do you want in a husband? And I have to be very honest, Jody. My response was, you missed the memo. I don't want one. Not when they do what has happened to me, to everybody else. And God said, okay, so what do you not want in a husband? I said, well, that's easy. And I made out my list. And I felt a quickening in my heart. And as I wrote that out, you know, the Bible tells us that confession is good for the soul. That's what I was doing before God himself. And then he took and he said, now that we know what you don't want, what do you want? And I can remember a few tears and actually dreaming that maybe it was even possible to have a husband that had character that had abounding love, that was faithful, that didn't hurt you. And, you know, considering that I'm all of five foot four and the tallest in my family, I said someone over six feet tall would actually be ideal. <laughs> because you see, God doesn't miss any details. Mm. He's the one that gives you the desires of your heart. If you'll sit and talk with him about them. And I want you to know that five years later, I met him. You made this list. You met your husband. Tell us how that happened. The Lord had had to have done a deep work in your heart to even be open to that at, at, at that point. I had no idea, Jody. No idea what all he was doing. He allowed me um, to process through some very painful time and um, even to be able to display and release some of the anger to him and share with him the pain that I had been through. We went through more of that. But I will tell you, when the man that fit that list walked into the cafeteria of the college that we were at, I knew immediately who he was. Wow. He fit him to a T. And shortly after that, we were married five years from when I wrote that list out. Debbie, God, you said, has used Jeremiah 29, 11 in your life over and over again. In fact, you call it one of your bookend verses. Share more about that. And, and you have another bookend verse. What's that? One of the things in my bookend verses, Jeremiah 29, 11, where it talks about, I know the plans that I have for you. Right after that bookend verse is your life laid out. The plans that he has for you, not to harm but to give you a hope in a future. And as things roll out, they may not look like the way that you thought they would, but you can be assured of that next bookend verse, the, the, the second bookend verse holding all of that life together is Romans eight twenty eight. 
I will cause it all, says the Lord, to work together for good because you love me and you're called according to my purposes. Debbie, you were told that you'd never have children, but God had other plans, his good plans. Take us on that journey. This wonderful man that fulfilled this list when we got married, it wasn't a matter any longer because I had been told for so many years, you cannot have children. And so when we were discussing marriage, I said, I need you to know that children are not an option. We even told, you know, his parents, please don't ask for grandchildren. That is not what the plans are for us, or so we thought. Mm. A few years into our marriage, um, Chris said, I just believe God has something else in store for us. We began to talk to doctors and pursue options. We never did in vitro fertilization, but we did many surgeries. None of them could find out what the problem was. Not one. And then we ended up going to a doctor that was established and wise. He was a man of Jewish faith and lineage. And he looked at me and within three minutes diagnosed what the problem was. Now, I didn't fully know it that day when I visited his office because he said, let me put you on a little bit of medicine. Let's see if this doesn't correct the problem. If you start to feel bad, just let me know because it could be the medication. Sure enough, three months later, I was making a phone call to his office and found myself sitting in his office and he walked in and he said, well, you were right. And I said, excuse me? I said, I knew it was the medicine. He said, what are you talking about? He said, you are pregnant. I said, (laughs) for three days, I called back and said, I think you need to recheck that test. I don't think you have the right person. I think you've made a mistake. That was how deep and embedded the lie was. So much so that when God delivered the answer, I didn't even know what it looked like. And I will share with you too, one of the other amazing things that this phenomenal doctor taught me is everything has to be exactly perfect for a child to be conceived. The right temperature, the right hair follicle length, the right density of follicles, not only all of them, but each one of them. Everything has to be teed up and ordained by a God who knows and understands the plans that he has for you. Hmm. So you and your husband, you've been married, man, 38 years now, and together you determined to obey the Lord quickly. That's something we learn over our life, but sure goes better when we do it. So share some stories of how you've done that and how you've seen God work. Sadly, it's not always, I've not always done it immediately. Um, And one of the stories I love to share is um, as I was uh, leading the Alpha Houston office, which is an evangelistic outreach course that's fabulous. We help birth it here in the United States. And a few years after I'd been in leadership over that, I was laying prostrate on the floor of my little office and I said, Lord, I need vision. I don't know where to go with this ministry. And I very distinctly heard the word resign. (laughs) Being the wise woman of God that I am, I was like, oh, sure, that's the wrong message. Let me try again. (laughs) And even ignored it to the point where a year later, 
I was on the same floor asking the same question, expecting a different result. And I very distinctly this time heard the Lord ask me, do you know what the definition of disobedience is? I said, I'm not going to argue. Obviously, I don't. I knew I had to get up and write my resignation letter and give them 30 days notice. You know, I expected, hey, next job will be right around the corner. Eight, nine months later, I am asking myself, what, Lord, do you want to do? I had read a story about a friend and she had just quit her job to go help with a um, commercial sex trafficking rehabilitative treatment center. I said, maybe that's what will happen, Lord. The founder of that organization will ask me a question. Little did I know, two hours, 12 minutes later, I was getting an email from the founder of that organization whom I'd never met. Wow. And he wanted to ask me for wisdom and advice. And he ended up giving me a job. And that was with Arrow Child and Family Ministries, where I spent the next nine and a half years. It was amazing. God has told me, sell your house. Well, this was a house we had just moved into. We had just renovated it. We were just now getting settled in. He said, sell your house, sell it for cash, full price, no inspections for sale by owner. I said, what? It wasn't a matter of, oh, yes, let me jump up and be obedient. Quite honestly, Jody, it was a matter of, okay, Lord. Are you sure? Am I hearing this correctly? When I told Chris, my husband, he's like, do you know the house two doors down from us is 500 square feet bigger and less than that amount? I said, Chris, all I'm telling you is what God said. I will have you know, um, quite a few months later, a couple of offers I tried to accept that didn't meet that criteria. Again, not necessarily obeying quickly. And a woman on Columbus Day who had just bought the house two doors down from us was standing outside our mailbox and she was in her bathrobe hair in the wind. And she, I walked out to meet her and she said, I'm going to buy your house. And I said, excuse me, you haven't seen my house. She said, no, I'm going to buy your house. And I said, well, I'm getting ready to go turn in a contract that I've just ex taken. Um, and I'm going to turn it back into the realtor now, you know, that we've signed it. She goes, you can't do that. I want to do it. Cash sale, no inspections. And she said, I don't need to see your house. I'm like, are you kidding? She said, no, well, $10,000 hold it. And I was like, oh, my land. And I walked <laughs> back to the realtor and I said to her, I said, um, that had put in the count, you know, the contract that we were going to turn in. I said, I have a cash offer on this. And she said, oh, cash doesn't matter to me. And she said, if you give me that contract, she said, you cannot accept another contract on the house. I said, excuse me? I said, cash matters here. And she said, so are you telling me you're not going to give me the contract? And I said, no, this one fulfills what God has said. And this is the one we're going with. I can go on and tell you multiple stories. Shortly after that, I say shortly, it was quite a journey of also finding myself prostrate on the floor, asking the Lord, when are we going to get another house, Lord? And it had been now been a couple of years. And he said, you haven't made a list. And I was like, oh, my heavens, 
What do you mean we haven't made a list? Is that what this is about? I sat down immediately, made a list, and within two hours, I heard the voice of the Lord say, now go look at this one. And when I did, it was really remarkable. I said, Chris will never love that house. And he said, that's okay. Have him come and and take a look anyway. When I made the U-turn to have him meet me, he said, now turn right. Well, the house we wanted to look at was left. So I turned right. It was a little bitty T street, two cul-de-sacs on it. I looked to the left, no for sale signs. I looked to the right, there was one. I want you to know, Jody, that the house was for sale and we were looking, I thought, for one to rent or lease. We went down there and to make a long story short, there were many hurdles that had to be jumped over, but someone ended up walking up and giving us that house. Wow. The Lord has a way where no one else does. Obedience renders joy and gladness from him. It may be a healing. It may be an answered prayer. It may be a house. Whatever it is, the Lord knows, and you can trust him, and you can obey him. Well, Debbie, you have really seen the faithfulness of God at work in so many ways. And actually, you've seen some amazing faithfulness of God through some severe health crises, too. Tell us about those and and share what God showed you through each one. I will tell you that the enemy, he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And he tries to do that in any way possible. Um, I'll never forget our daughter being a sophomore, getting ready to start her sophomore year in high school. It was the summer in between her sophomore, uh, her freshman and sophomore year. And she was in excruciating pain and had a massive headache. It was now going on a hundred and over a hundred days. We took her finally um, to get an MRI. And I'll never forget Whenever we were standing there after um, she had done the MRI, we were getting the results in the doctor's office. She was sitting up on the table and I walked over before the doctor came in and there were two x-rays on the light. And I looked at him and I said, oh my goodness, someone's in trouble. I looked down and saw her name on the side of those x-rays and I passed out. Mm. There was a mass so big in my daughter's brain that if you looked at one side, it was white. And if you looked at the other side, it was black. The doctor came running in and he said, I've already called um, Texas Children's. He said, we're going to get you down there. She had a massive brain mass. Nobody could quite figure out what to do with it. Um, We did not feel like there were certain surgeries that we were supposed to have. And we called together pit crews and asked people to start praying. Eventually, we found a a gentleman, an MD Anderson, new to the pediatric unit. And he said, we're going to treat it symptomatically. And he began tests and began to see and understand what was going on. I want you to know that she is now the mother of our granddaughter, Mm. um, had a very successful pregnancy. She dances, she's beautifully balanced and graceful. 
She writes eloquently. She is an amazing woman of God. And when the radiologist had seen her x-rays, he said, this should be an invalid. She should be curled up, not be able to walk, not be able to talk, not be able to have any balance whatsoever. Quite the opposite was true. She walked early, talked early. She was an incredible dancer, but she's an amazing, amazing woman with a fabulous heart and a work ethic like nothing you've ever seen. God is faithful. I will tell you that was not the only adventure we had medically. Um, I'll never forget. My husband found a mass under his arm and we went to a surgeon and it was determined that yes, in fact, that was cancer, non-Hodgkin's follicular lymphoma. And he not only had a type that needed to be treated and treated aggressively, he actually had the, a component of it that came back every single year for several different years. Mm. And it was almost one year to the date every time when that cancer would reappear. And I want you to know that it even got to the point after regular treatments, clinical trials, experimental drugs, intravenous, oral, all of those things. My husband and the prayer partners that we had with him, he did not miss a day of work. He had very few symptoms. But God also, then when MD Anderson basically said there's not much more we can do, we found someone that could help us through a natural pathway. But in the meantime, we were told that we need to go check out what a stem cell transplant looked like. And Jody, the plans were really coming forth at that time. Because you see, as the we went into that stem cell transplant um, unit, the nurse set us down and she began sharing with us what was going to take place with a stem cell transplant. And here's what she said. She said, first of all, we're going to need to get your immune system down to almost nothing. You're going to have to be wiped out. She said, then we're going to have to look for the most perfect match, the perfect donor. That donor will have to have the perfect blood type. And then what we'll do is we will take that donor's blood after we have gotten you to your weakest point and we'll infuse that donor's blood into you. And then you'll go through a period of time where you will need to be well taken care of like a baby would be. Because here's what goes on. That blood will reproduce in you and your former DNA will no longer be visible. And as she was sitting there telling me these things, Jody, all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord came over me and I heard that's the plan of salvation. I had asked in depth for so many years, how do I get Jesus's blood? And here it was being told to me. We as human beings are hit down to almost nothing. The enemy wants to destroy us. 
And God says, I've loved you so much that I have found the perfect donor for you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a transfusion of his blood and his love. And that blood is going to pour through your veins so much so that you're no longer going to be recognizable, but he is. Mm. And you will have to have, you know, all of the things to build you back up as a human being. But with Jesus, he fortifies you with his blood and you have everything that you need. Wow, that is so good. Proverbs 20, verse 17 in the NIV says, The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. I mean, you just shared a, a story of how your daughter was healed of this massive brain tumor um, and is living a godly life now, you know, pleasing to the Lord. Of, of course, our children, they each have to make a personal decision to follow the Lord. But when we follow the Lord, his blessing overflows to our children, gosh, in many ways. And you've seen that to be true. Give us another another example. Both of my kids are pretty entrepreneurial and have been most of their lives. Um, when my son was about five years of age, uh, we were driving back from the north part of Houston to our home. And he said, Mom, Mom, pull over. Um, there was a share going on at KSBJ. And um, he said... I want to give my life to Jesus. So we pulled over and I got to lead him in the salvation prayer and walk with him at that young age of making a very profound commitment for Christ. A little bit later, he and his sister were um, selling pet rocks and scrap wrapping paper to neighbors. <laughs> they have that entrepreneurial spirit. It was hysterical. His portion, believe it or not, was $180. Wow. And that was a long time ago. And so for a, a, a young little tyke, that was pretty big. Fast forward now. He is come along. He's got this $180 in his account. KSBJ Sherathon comes along again just a few months later. And he calls and he says, I want to give $180. And the lady on the other end said, I'm sorry, I'll have to talk to your mom about this. And he, you know, mom. And I got on and I said, that's amazing. I said, I don't have a problem with that at all. And if he wants to give $180 to the Lord, it's his to give. I will have you know, Jody, that when he was a senior in high school, he was given $180 thousand dollar scholarship to college wow god did not miss a beat and even though it took a few years for that to all come fruition god did exactly what only god could do that is an amazing story and so encouraging i know in my life i i saw i mean i I got saved at a young age too. And I started tithing, you know, when I was six, seven years old, 10 cents, 15 cents on my allowance. And, and I saw God's faithfulness to me too in college. I mean, I graduated with four degrees and no debt. Um, God wow. can do it. He doesn't do it the same with everybody. You know, I had to work some scholarship, some, this, some, and that some, but God brought me through it all. And God is faithful. Like you said, he's so faithful. Proverbs 20, verse seven as well, yeah. um, Jody. And he does, he does, 
he does lead our children and he cares for them and they're ordained by him. Yes. Amen. Well, Debbie, besides being a mom, you're, you know, you've had a, a, a full career and the Lord's giving you some pretty clear direction when it comes to what you're to do as well. Share a bit of how he's led you along the way in your career. It's kind of a fun journey. I don't know if everyone's realized it yet, but all of, I had my own event planning business for a while. Other than that, I have had a, a role with Arrow, a role with Alpha, and a role now with adoption as an option. <laughs> I don't know if I can't get past the A's or where we are on that. Yeah, but you're on the A team there. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I love that. Um, but what was so amazing was in 2003, the Lord gave me a dream that I didn't fully understand. It was a very simple dream and it had two parts to it. And it was about a speaking engagement. And then it was about, you know, not quite fitting in the chair and that I was sitting in. And then it was about the transition from not fitting in the chair to actually it being an honored chair. It's something I don't talk about a lot because it's been so personal, but I believe it's part of a testimony of what God does as he prepares us and shows us different things in our lives to confirm things. I shared with a friend of mine um, just briefly, oh, a little while after I had this dream and didn't think a whole lot about it. She responded to me and she said, I think there's one more component to the dream. Mm. And um, it's a crown that was hanging on the back of the chair, you know, like a crown a queen would wear. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Didn't think much more about it, except as we were, I was moving through life and this dream would pop up in color every now and then just in my mind's eye. And I was again, going back to the, where I had resigned my position with Alpha Houston and I was waiting for the next role. And as I was talking with the founder of the, um, of the arrow or arrow, the organization I was with, he said, I think you're supposed to come take this role with me. And I'm like, look, I got a t-shirt for doing ministry. I really am not interested again. I was very burned out. He said, no, I really think I'm serious about this. This is a burning bush moment. And he said, and I said, look, I have a theory about donor development and it's all relationship. And it's all about showing people more who Jesus is. And he said, okay. And I said, you can read a book about it. Here's a book and you can read it. He goes, you know what? I'll read your book if you read mine. And in the middle of Starbucks, he handed me a book. It's called Third Conversion. And in that book, it talks about donor development as being a matter of the heart. But the cover on that book, when I saw that standing in the middle of Starbucks, I let out the loudest scream. The entire Starbucks turned and looked at me. <laughs> and he's like, what is wrong with you? I said, just make me an offer. Because the picture on that dream was the exact picture of that book was the exact picture that was in my dream. And I had not seen that picture ever before. The really amusing thing about this too, Jody, is... 
when this founder talked with a strategist and consultant that he was using, he had helped with that book a little bit and called immediately the author and said, I think I know why we have that picture on this book. That book confirmed me going to work with Arrow. Wow. Then fast forward, I get an offer just very a um, few months ago. And before that offer came, I had been asked to attend a conference and learn more and understand more about possible foster care and adoption in that world. When I got to the first hotel, I was supposed to be in the host hotel, but they didn't have a room that night, that first night. I had to make a transition move to the host hotel because we were able to get a room the next night and it could not be canceled. It had already been booked. The hotel I'd been staying in could be canceled. Mm. So I made my way around to the host hotel. And as I stood there in front of the woman checking me in, she was wearing a crown on her lapel. And it was a service award crown. I thought, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. The next morning I woke up. I'm standing in the shower, getting ready for the day. And the Lord said, the crown was significant. Don't miss it. It was at that time then that the founder of adoption is an option later that day was able to say to me, you know what? I think you need to come work for this organization. And in the midst of watching God play out all of the amazing things he did. He even used a crown to be able to confirm the direction that he wants you to take, to walk godly with him, to be able to hear his voice and to obey and to walk in courage. It's not easy, but it is actually what God calls us to do. You're now at adoption with an option. You've just been there probably less than a month, but share just a little bit about what the organization is about. This is an organization birthed out of the heart of a man who was adopted um, in the 1950s. And as he went on a journey after building two companies and selling those companies, he asked the Lord, I want to be emptied out. And as he was being emptied out, God was filling him up with this idea of adoption as an option. In the midst of that, um, he met some pro athletes and celebrities and a portion of that adoption as an option organization came forth as I am that kid telling these stories of successful adoptions and how these athletes, celebrities, people of influence have actually been adopted. And because of that adoption, it led to even greater likelihood of their success. Additionally, he started a, another component of this organization called OPT Institute. It's a research and funding arm to be able to understand what do birth mothers need? What do we need to do better for them? And how can we help them understand this gift of love, of finding and choosing a family and therefore becoming part of that story? the open adoption story or a story that involves them where they are and what their level of interest is and the best interest for their child. They get an active voice and choice. And adoption is an option is just that. 
it is an organization that works to be able to help birth mothers understand that you can have support, you can have a voice, you can help select the family and make the choices that are needed for your child. You can be involved some, not involved at all, or involved a lot, and be part of, again, the conversation about their future. This is something that many don't understand today. There are several options out there, but adoption is an option for women that want the very best for their child. It's amazing, too, that, Jody, this is the story of our salvation. Mm. God doesn't have any grandchildren. We actually are adopted into the family of God. I like to say it's a baby blanket, a blue ribbon, and a letter jacket. Icons the Lord gave me a long time ago to display his baby blanket is a representation of his unconditional love. And the blue ribbon means that we are the valued ones. He loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son. And that blue ribbon represents that when we have Jesus, we have value. And he gives us that value freely. The scriptures go on to say that if we accept that gift, that free loving gift, we are adopted. We belong to the family of God. And I will tell you, if you don't think a letter jacket represents belonging, watch a young girl in a high school who doesn't have one. She may not have the confidence to walk down the halls or to face challenges or difficulties in life. But with a letter jacket on, representing somebody that's bigger than her, bolder than her, that will defend her and protect her, that will love her and care for her, she will stand taller. She will walk more proud. She'll be more courageous because she knows she's not alone. She belongs. And that's what the Lord wants to do through our adoption. When we accept Jesus, we are adopted into that family of God. And so I like to say what, what's going on in the physical world is a representation of what's going on in the spiritual world. Adoption is a plan of God. Amen. Boy, what a powerful message. And, and you know, such a important message for today when boy, the world has such different messages. We really need God's message of adoption physically and spiritually to, to be out there. You know, Debbie, I've heard you say that your relationship with God is like riding a roller coaster in the front seat and you just have to throw up your arms in the air and enjoy it. From all the adventures God's taken you through, what encouragement do you have for our listeners? If you don't like roller coasters, you ought to go give them a try. <laughs> I, uh, and find the best ones because that's what God wants to put you on. I um, have made a commitment with my children when they were younger um, to my husband. I remember we even took his grandparents and put them on a roller coaster because I want you to know that it represents trusting. It represents fun. It represents courage and challenge. God will put us in the front seat of a roller coaster. He will strap you in to the best equipment there could possibly be. Do you trust him? Are you willing to throw your hands in the air and praise him 
and to squeal like a little girl and to have so much fun. You know, society today believes in having experiences given as gifts. They may not necessarily be interested in things, but they want to have an experience. They want to know the fun, the memory, the thrill, the joy that comes from being together, from being in a beautiful location, from having the best that they can for a really exciting time. That's how I describe the journey with God. You are not going to be in safer hands. You are not going to have a more beautiful journey ironed out. You are not going to have anything that God hasn't already ordained and will sustain because he loves you and he wants you to have a good time with him. I will tell you that God has the ability to knock your socks off. And getting in that roller coaster and having fun doing it will just absolutely be a thrill you will never forget. Amen. I know he's taken me on some fun journeys. I look back at him and I think, how on earth did I get there? And it could have only been God. So Debbie, as we close, would you share about a woman in the Bible who's inspired, encouraged, or taught you something? You might be a little bit surprised. Maybe not. Her name is very familiar to me. Uh, She's actually called Deborah in Uh the Bible. Deborah. She is really um, quite fabulous. She's not mentioned um, many times in the Bible, but she was known as a prophet because she could hear God's voice and share God's words with others. Um, She didn't offer sacrifices, but she worshiped and she sang. She also preached. And that is something that I have seen the pattern of my life develop in. And the beautiful thing is, she was a woman who, um, I've had the nickname given to me before that you're a goad. A goad is an agricultural instrument designed to get the beast back in line with the master. Mm. Deborah was much that same way. And even as you look at her in Judges 4 and Judges 5, She had an impressive resume. They called her a judge, a warrior, a poet, a prophet. I don't necessarily fit the singer and the songwriter, but I'll go for those other ones. Um, And then the amazing thing was that she was able to say to a time when they would come to her for her to rule and dispute. She would say to them, This is what you need to do, or this is how the matter will be settled. And as the story goes on, she was told, um, or she uh, had a a Barak, an Israelite warrior, come to her. And he said, you need to go with me so we can win this war. And she said, I will go. And he said, if you'll go with me, I will go. If not, I will not go. And then she says, I will go. However, there will be no glory for you in the course you are taking. For then the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Interestingly enough, it wasn't her that he delivered it into. But she delivered the truthful message. And she was like a goad. She had to get this leader to go do what they needed to do. She didn't get the credit for 
conquering, she got the credit for administering the information and acting the goad that got him back in line with the, the master. It's a really mm -hmm. phenomenal story. And we sing and hear of the things that she did. I want to share with you that there's a commentator who actually, in my opinion, summarizes the reasons I, I look so much to Deborah. Her story teaches us to be obedient. If God tells you to do something, do it. I've learned my lesson. Be courageous. Get in that front seat of that roller coaster and throw your hands up. Stand true. Don't waver. Know that the Lord has the plans that he has for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God is good. And if there are things coming against you that are not, it's because the enemy is trying to stop you. Look him in the eye and say, get out of the way. My God is for me. And then know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Romans 8, 28 is going to hold true. I know the plans that I have for you, child. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I am going to cause all of this to work together for good because you love me and you're called according to my purposes. Amen. Debbie has walked through some tough times, but she's trusted God and walked with him through those times. And God has worked in her and for her. You probably heard the quote that says, if it isn't good yet, God isn't done yet. And as long as you're trusting and following God, that is true. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, God knows the plans he has for you and they're good plans. Verse 12 goes on to remind us that when we seek him, we will find him when we search for him with all of our hearts. Debbie, would you take a moment and pray for our listeners? Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Father, I thank you that you have equipped us with all things. I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for any woman who is out there searching, for anybody who is trying to find the way to hold on or find their identity or their purpose or their plan. Father, will you whisper to them today, even today, I've got you. Now let's go. Father, take them by the hand. Let them hold on to the hem of your garment and let them trust you beyond measure. Father, I give you all praise and glory that you will order our steps and you will show us this is the way. Now walk in it. Father, I thank you also that you whisper a breath of encouragement across the airways today. Remind people that you are for them and not against them. Plans to prosper and not to harm. And that you are going to cause all of this to work together for good. And Father, if anybody does not know you, will you allow the hound of heaven to come after them? To whisper to them, come on, take my hand. Trust in Jesus and what he did on that cross. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Be filled with the Holy Spirit to walk out this journey called life, to sit in that front row, Lord, of that roller coaster and to strap in and say, Jesus, I am praising you with my hands lifted high and I cannot wait for the journey you're going to take me on because this roller coaster pathway leads me straight to you. Jesus, 
Thank you for being so much fun. Thank you for taking and meeting us right where we are. Magnify your name and glorify yourself. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you just prayed to receive Jesus right now with Debbie, make sure that you email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org. We'd love to follow up with you and make sure you have the resources you need to walk with the Lord. You know, friends, there are orphans as well as widows all over the world who need to experience the tangible expression of God's love right now. Many have special needs that we as a company of women can meet together. Would you consider joining us with a special gift to help? Just go to hergodstory.org and click on the widow and orphan tab at the top of the page. Thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at hergodstory.org, you'll find scriptures and other information we talked about. You can also get a six-week devotional book you can download for free or purchase a 12-week devotional that we'll send to you for just $12, knowing that all the proceeds go to our Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd love to pray with you at our 24-7 prayer and text line, so give us a call anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Psalm 20 verses one through five. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.